Have you come to worship this morning? Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Yeah, I sure am. So glad to see you guys. Oh, love Easter. Uh, Love worshiping uh, with God's fellowship on God's day. And uh, we're excited that, uh, to, to move into this time. Today, is, as you uh, have, have noticed, uh, at the end of our, our service today, we're going to be t- uh, taking the Lord's Supper. And uh, so I, we're, we're going to be uh, preparing for that. And, and because of that, because, because of that, guess what? I'm, I'm not going to preach that long this day. Oh, I, 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 good. I, I was expecting to see, get, get some amens or something out of that and... But uh, but but we but we're, but I am going to preach. Is that all right? I am going to preach. So uh, so so let's get into it today. Uh, today, uh, as we we enter into this time of the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper is is an ordinance. Okay, the Lord's Supper uh, is something that God uh, told us to do. Jesus Christ specifically said, "You are to do this." Uh, it goes along with our other ordinance, which is baptism. All right? We are called uh, as believers to be baptized. As, and a, as you all know, you know, being Baptist, uh, that, that pretty much is, is something that we're pretty strong about, is that uh, you need to be baptized. Being baptized is uh, an order, ordinance of Jesus Christ, but it, it, it's, it's so much more of that. It, it, it's it, it's a picture of what has gone on inside that we take outside. You know, when, when we become a, a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ, we become new people. Amen. Uh, we, we've changed, and, and and it's that picture of being baptized, being being immersed in that water, is being is dying to our old self. And then as we move up out of that water, it's the same representation as, as this Lord's Day, as this Resurrection Sunday, as Jesus resurrecting from the dead, we are coming to life as a new person. Baptism is a beautiful ordinance that God gives us. But, but the thing about baptism is this, that if you are truly saved, if you are truly changed, then you only need to be baptized one time. Because God only died one time, right? So, so we have one baptism when we are truly saved. The difference in the ordinance of the Lord's Supper and baptism is that uh, we can take the Lord's Supper many, many times throughout our lives. And, and we're going to get into uh, looking at the Lord's Supper a little bit closer this morning. You, you'll find uh, uh, in your Bibles uh, Matthew 26, Mark 14, uh, 1 Corinthians 11 uh, are, are places where we see the, the Lord's Supper uh, being de- uh, demonstrated and, and taken. Uh, we see this, this is a call from God to do these things. And we are to do this in obedience to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, let me ask you a question this morning. How do we know that Jesus is the one that told us to do this? How do we know that this is an ordinance that we are supposed to obey and follow? Well, the simple question, answer to that question is, we know it because the Bible tells us about it. Amen? The Bible 
that word Bible that goes back to to an ancient city, a uh, uh, bibliotheca. It's it's a place that manufactured uh, the the, uh, the paper that books were made. And actually, when you come down to it, the the word Bible means book, right? Now, what separates this book from every other book is that this is the holy book. The holy book. This is the scriptures. This, is, has, this has God's word. This is God's word. These are his words, and he, and he has, uh, has given these unto man. This book right here that we uh, will read out of today is alive. This book is active. This book is sharper than any two-edged sword. When you read the words out of this book, it will cut to your heart, and it will make you... Uh, 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 it, it, will, it will bring you to a place where you have conviction. It will bring you to a place of, of different understanding and seeing God. This is a, a, a manual for life. It, it is a thing that takes us and shows us the way to eternal life. The book, the Bible, the holy book is your lifeline. It is the way, it is the truth in the life, and you see that in the life of Jesus Christ. So you may be asking, why am I making such a big deal about this book this morning? Can I tell you, because it's in our world today, and as we move forward in history, this book gets attacked and attacked and attacked more and more and more. The, the enemy, uh, the, the devil, the world, uh, they want to get you to a place where you believe that this book is just like any other book. This book is insignificant. In fact, I heard a story that a guy, a, 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 a person who professes to, to, to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, he made a statement that said this, you read the Bible in the same way that you read Shakespeare. Now, now I, my wife's an English teacher, so, so we, we've, we've discussed Shakespeare a lot. Shakespeare was great and did a lot of great works, but, but 90% of what Shakespeare wrote was false. And the, and the histories in which Shakespeare did write, it was kind of like, uh, you know, the movies that we have today, they're, they're based on a true story. They're not really the true story, Right? So, so to, to have people in the world say that you need to read your Bible as you read Shakespeare is such, such a travesty. In fact, uh, not only is it a travesty in the world, but as I said, uh, this is a man who uh, is in the modern church. And, and in many of our Bible colleges today, they teach that the Bible truly isn't inerrant, infallible, but it's, 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 just, it's just a good book. Folks, the Bible is inerrant. That means there is no mistakes in the Bible. The Bible is fully true. The Bible is reliable. 
you know, as, as you get, and, and many of our students, you know, are, will be leaving us, heading off to college, and they'll be challenged in what they believe, and, and many people will attack the Bible and say that there are just so many inconsistencies in the Bible. And when you ask them about that, what, what, do, you, what do you mean there are inconsistencies in the Bible? Well, then they, they'll come up to you and they'll, they'll give you an example like, uh, well, it's, it's a scientific fact that a man cannot live inside the belly of a fish for three days. You know what? This might shock you. I think they're right. I, 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 it, it is not possible for a man to live inside the belly of a fish for three days. I believe that. You know what else? I believe that it is impossible for an ocean to split and for dry ground to be on it and a group of a million people walk over it. You know what? I I believe that it is impossible, scientifically impossible, for a man to walk on water. Do you know what? I believe that it is impossible for a great many things in the Bible to actually happen. But you know what? I believe that it is impossible for a virgin to become pregnant. You know, I, I, I believe that it is impossible for a man to rise from the dead. That is scientifically impossible. But you know what? My God is not based on science. (laughs) My God is not bound by science. And brother and sister, if you are bound, if your God is bound by the scientifically uh, facts, then brothers and sisters, you're serving a very wimpy God. Because my God is God Almighty. Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. He's the one true and only Son of God. He is the only way to heaven. It is by Him and through His name that you are saved. Man, is it okay if I preach a little bit this morning? (laughs) Today, as we think about these things, the world is going to try to drag you down. Why does the world want to do that? They know that if, if they can get you to believe that this book is just like any other book, then you're, it's just going to sit upon your nightstand and it's just going to start collecting dust. It's not going to impact your life. It's not going to change your life. You're not going to live by it. You're not going to move to, to love like God loves. And if, if, he, if he can just get you to believe that it's not true, then he's got you. Today, we're going to focus upon the Lord's Supper. We're going to look upon it and uh, the things of it and, 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 and as it points us to who Jesus is. But first, you've got to believe. You've got to trust. You've got to know. As we look at the Lord's Supper, we have to think about uh, the Jewish Passover. 
That, that, that's why the disciples and Jesus were celebrating as they went and they took of the Lord's Supper. It was the Passover. And now the Passover is a, a Jewish custom in which they come together every year to remember the Exodus. You know, coming out of Egypt and what God did there. And, and, and we have the bread. The bread, the bread is, is, is Jesus. We celebrate his atonement, his, his, what he is doing. The bread there in the, in the Jewish custom, we find uh, in John chapter 6, 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. The bread is, is, is considered a staple food. A, a person cannot survive uh, unless they have bread and water. The bread is synonymous uh, for food in general, okay? We all understand that, that, that he's just talking about food here as, as bread, that you can survive without just bread, right? Some of you are on a you know, low-carb diet. I, I got it. You can, you can survive without bread, but bread, the bread is a substance. It's a food. It's, it's the general food of what we see here. You know, you've heard before, or maybe not, people say, you know, we, we went and we, we broke bread together. Right? Not very many people say that anymore, but what does that mean? That means if you broke bread with somebody, that means you had a meal with them. You had fellowship with them. You broke bread. It's what we do. The Jewish Passover, uh, we see they had the unleavened bread. And this symbolizes they didn't have time to, to put in the yeast and let it rise as God d- delivered them out of the land. So, so this was a wonderful act, uh, what God has done. It, it, is, it is showing us that, that how he... He moved and removed them uh, and saved them in that time. As we look at that and we think about the Lord's Supper, we see Jesus and how he was doing the same thing in us. But not only that, we see in Exodus uh, 16, 14, as, as, the, uh, uh, as Israel was wandering in the desert, uh, that, that bread came down from heaven. We called it manna. What is that bread? That bread was a lifeline that God sent to them. So as they were wandering in that desert, he kept them alive through the bread of heaven. Now, now, as we know, and we're here today, we see this, that Jesus is our lifeline. Jesus is the bread. He is the bread of life. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. If you want to live your best life, brothers and sisters, you need to have Jesus. You need to know Jesus. Jesus is eternal life. He is the bread of life. And as we, as we take upon that, and, and this symbol of bread, as we, as, 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 we, as we remember him, we remember his amazing love for us and that his body was broken for us. And then as we move from the bread, we'll, we move to the cup. And the cup is... It's filled with grape juice this morning. Uh, some of you might uh, like wine or, or, or other things like that. You know, it, 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 that people, people get off on so many tangents of, of what we have to do. If, if we were filled with wine or if we were filled with grape juice or if it was water, it wouldn't matter. What matters is this, is as, as we partake of this this morning is what it represents. It represents the blood of Jesus Christ. 
the cup comes second in our ordinance. And uh, that liquid, and as we look upon that, it represents the blood of Jesus Christ. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ that our sins are forgiven. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ that uh, as they take of that Passover, they remembered back uh, when they were exodus out of, out of Egypt that, that on that night uh, uh, God told them to take a lamb, to take that lamb and kill it and, and to take the blood of that lamb and post it upon the doorpost. And that night the death angel came and the the death angel came and he took every of the firstborn sons and, 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 and they were destroyed that night if they did not have the blood of the lamb upon them on that door. The blood of the lamb. There had to be a sacrifice for sin. But Jesus came in, he made a new covenant. There's a new exodus. Jesus came and Jesus was the Lamb of God. And Jesus' blood was spilt upon. And that blood is what covers your sin. That blood is what God looks down upon you. And if you are a believer, He sees you not as you anymore. He, he sees you covered in Jesus' blood. And then all those sins, all, all the wickedness that is in me, God doesn't see because he sees the blood of the Lamb. It's not because anything, it wasn't because of anything the Jews did that they deserved to, to be spared of that. It was only in their belief and their obedience to God that they were saved. In that same way, it's not because of how good you are or what you have done. There is no condemnation for the sins that we have, we, we have all sinned. Salvation comes simply through belief. It's not of anything that I've done but except for believing in Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God and His blood who was shed for me, that in believing on Him, He takes away my sin. Jesus is the Lamb of God who covers all my sins. And as we think about the Lord's Supper, we think about what He's done there. In John chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, Jesus said this. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus, my friends, is the way, the truth, and life. You'll hear me say that many times. Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus is our Savior. He is the one and He's the only Son of God. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. It is because of Jesus that we are here today. It is because of Jesus we come and we worship and we praise His holy name. 
the ultimate question is this. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And if you do, have you made this decision in your life public? The Bible says that if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. Have you made a public profession of your faith? Have you followed the Lord in baptism? Have you, have you come to that place where, where you are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And you have stand, stood in that, that baptistry and complained, uh, proclaimed, Jesus is the Lord of my life. In a moment, we're going to, to pray and we'll have a time of invitation. It's in that moment that if you're here today and if our Almighty God is speaking unto your heart, that it was time for you to stand and come and proclaim that Jesus is the Lord, that you believe in Him. But also in that moment, uh, I'm going to also call the church to prayer. Today, as, as we enter into this time of Lord's Supper this morning, I, uh, you want to come and, and partake that with a pure heart. The Lord's Supper is a time of, of, of self-examination and seeing where we are at with God and our relationship with Him. Maybe God has been convicting you of some things in your life that you just need to get right. You know, I said earlier there is no condemnation in our sin. God has taken that. He, he's taken the punishment for, for that. The, the condemnation and, and, and the things that are in our hearts is because we know that we have wronged God. But glory to God in the highest as He forgives sins. But we are called to confess those, lay those before Him. So this morning in this time of invitation as well, we, we're going to call you to repentance. We're going to call you to come and, and the altar will be open and we we'll ask you to pray and get right with God. Maybe you're, God has burdened you with somebody on your heart that you know that uh, does not know the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we've done this Who's Your One campaign, and we've been praying over uh, people in our lives that God has, has led us to. Maybe this is time for you to come pray for them. Maybe God's got something else on your heart that you need to to, to just get rid of. We will be here at the front this morning. God is so awesome. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we find salvation, we get repentance, and we know the love of God. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, I just come to you thanking you for this glorious day to be in your house. I thank you for each and every person.